Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Tom Peavy here this afternoon. Got a short show today, Borgard High School softball coming up at about 4.45 or 4.50 air time with Tim Sin, the final regular season scheduled high school event that we have on our airwaves. So we have that coming up. At about 4.50 today, so we will have a shortened edition of the show. Uh, again, last regular season game for high school, though we plan to broadcast at least a couple playoff games. So Ryan LeVoy and Tom Peavy with you here till about 4.50 this afternoon. A lot to talk about. New quarterback name in the portal to discuss with everyone. Rumors that Auburn and Alabama might be discussing whether to go after him or not. We'll also have birthdays and sports nightly TV guide as always. We'll also take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll talk a little college football rule changes too as we were not able to discuss that yesterday ryan and tom with you here today tom how are you doing today i i'm doing great yeah short and show uh a bunch to get into yeah transfer portal uh quarterback news uh i i think a lot of people think that uh that's probably alabama's guy but we'll see what happens but yeah short show uh a lot to get into uh braves bounced back in a big way last night against the marlins uh strider man goodness gracious that that dude's that dude's sick so uh Spencer Strider doing some great things for the Braves. They take down the Marlins in a big way. A lot of stuff to get to. Yeah, Spencer Strider was incredible last night. Had the perfect game bid through six innings. No hit bid through seven innings. Uh, He was spectacular last night. He has been spectacular his whole Braves career so far, which, of course, is very short. But he was great last night. His fastball, even when it's on the lower end, I know he can get up to 97, 98, 99, but – even on the lower end when it's 95, it still seems so explosive. I don't know if it's because right. he's such a little guy that's throwing that hard. just explodes out of his hand. He was great. The Braves got back on track last night against the Marlins, scoring 11 runs after a tough weekend against the Astros. Don't need a bullpen when you're up 11 runs, and you have Spencer Strider going uh, eight innings. But let's start today with uh, some of this college football stuff. Again, as I alluded to, a new quarterback, in the portal of course we're going to always talk about portal stuff this time of year as that's really the main stuff going on with football and basketball programs so in football tyler buckner i believe is how you pronounce it b-u-c-h-n-e-r transfer from notre dame hit the portal today that's someone that uh, multiple reports suggest could be on alabama and auburn's radar understand that alabama did not have a spring a spring game that they were very excited about with their quarterback position as Jalen Milrow tries to win that job. And then, obviously, we've talked a lot about this Auburn quarterback job. So Buckner was a former four-star recruit. He was the number 11 player 
uh, in a class, in the 2021 class. He has played a little bit at Notre Dame. He has not uh, not played too much. I don't recall if there was an injury there or if it was just ineffectiveness because he has not had uh, the, the, the best numbers in the world when he has gotten to play. Uh, he played in three games last year and did start them, but he was only a 55% passer, just over 650 yards, three touchdowns, five interceptions for the Fighting Irish last year, and then I think he got benched. I don't think it was an injury. Right. And so ultimately this was a pretty high recruit three years ago, but – uh, in his limited time at Notre Dame, did not play overly well, but uh, there are murmurs that Auburn and Alabama, amongst others, will be interested. We've talked a little bit about Ben Bryant of Cincinnati, uh, a little bit about Zepp Nolan of Oregon State. If you were to rank these three guys, or at least in terms of preference, or, or if Auburn should be hot or cold on these guys, I mean, uh, adding Buckner to the list here, is, is Buckner someone that you find uh, to be very intriguing? No, not really. Um, I mean, he got benched, and uh, it sounds like Notre Dame fans aren't really too thrilled about him, and so it's kind of uh, – it sounds like from their fan base, it's like, okay, bye. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was, you know, relatively highly rated guy uh, coming out, but uh, he hasn't been able to succeed so far at Notre Dame, but – I, I really think uh, everything that I've heard about him is it's Alabama. Because uh, now, isn't there – their new offensive coordinator came from Notre Dame. Tommy Reese. He was yeah. the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Yeah. So, th- I think people are reading the connection there uh, at, that Tyler Buckner would go to Bama. Uh, so, I, I think Auburn still has their eyes on some other guys, um, namely the uh, the kid from Cincinnati. I've, I've seen his name pop up a lot. Uh, and and then there's still to be seen some other guys that might pop up, you know. Now Auburn can't wait too long. They they got to get in on some of these guys, and uh, I, I guess it's kind of one of those beggars can't be choosers. If if you're desperate to get you a quarterback, you can't sit here and wait forever. Um, you need to kind of target one uh, and, and go and get them if that's who you think it's going to be. But I I think this Buckner kid's going to end up at Bama because they sounds like yeah like they were not happy. Uh, with with their quarterback situation, you saw the, what they had last year um, when when Bryce Young went down with the injury, and it was not good. Like that guy was that guy was Jalen Milrow. Milrow that that dude was not very good last year with the little bit of playing time he got, and, and apparently the guy that was even third string, uh, I don't even uh, whoever their whoever their other guys are. Apparently not getting the job done either. But the thing is that Bama has now been spoiled over the last few years because if you remember back, they they used to be very successful without the, the big, flashy, big-named quarterback. They were perfectly fine. I mean, they won a national title with Coker, of all right. people. So, <laughs> Jake Coker. They won a title with Jake Coker. Uh, but they've been spoiled with Tua and now Bryce – and you know, they. I think that I think is you know for Bama, I think they can succeed with a guy that is just kind of that game manager that just doesn't make a lot of mistakes and let your other skill players be successful. I, I think they have the skills, got the skill guys to do that. So, you know, I know Bama fans are worried to worried to death over the quarterback situation. But I think they can be fine with it. They do need to get a guy in there that. You know they trust with the the system. It sounds like they're not trusting the guys that are currently on campus. Yeah, I, again, I would say that same situation. I don't see why if 
if you if, if you say Auburn would not be interested in Buckner, I don't know why Alabama would be any more interested in Buckner because I I feel Jalen Milrose still in a better position than what uh, Robbie Ashford was in last right. year. I think the drop between the two was more relevant because when you go from Bryce Young to anyone else, there's inherently going to be a pretty sizable drop mm. there. I know that Milrow throwing the ball was not was again not the best i looked it up with 58 percent. it wasn't like it was the worst thing in the world uh, and then of course he did make some big plays with his legs he is very very fast so he's gonna bring a different dynamic but yeah he's not the thrower uh, that they've had the passer that they've had when you look back at the last few quarterbacks including as you said Tua and bryce young but even mac jones as well uh, so I know that there's the connection with Tommy Reese. So he might go in there to compete for the job. I think this is a guy, though, that is clearly going to have to f- do something different than what he did at Notre Dame because, again, three TDs, five picks, and the small sample size getting pulled. Notre Dame seemed to be uh, find themselves after he was gone. I don't know if he is going to be a big-time quarterback or not, just judging off of, of what we actually saw at Notre Dame, but again, the rumors are is that he is going to be uh, recruited maybe by Auburn and Alabama and then by potentially other schools as well. We're going to go ahead and take our first time out of the show today. When we come back, much more sports call, including a trip to the Auburn Bank phone line and birthdays and sports. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of the show right here on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here again. Getting off air about 445 today. Borgard High School softball. And one of their, if not their last regular season game of the year. Playoff brackets are set, or at least for the uh, area tournaments for next week. We plan on trying to cover those for both Smith Station and Borgard. Excited about that. And uh, again, wrapping up the regular season this week. So we'll be getting off the air here a little bit early today. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 are the numbers to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. With that, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, thanks for taking my phone call as always, guys. I'm doing fine. Let's see, it's you, Ryan, uh, Tom, and who else? That's it. That's it. Just us. Okay, the dynamic duo. Which one's Robin and which one's uh, Batman? Uh, I, that's not for me to say. Uh, we're just going to be uh, co-captains here today. I, I'm Captain. I'm Captain Awesome, and he's Captain Mediocre. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. We're going to be that way. Um, all right. We'll go with that. All right, guys. Um, 
um, I'm encouraged by some of this stuff that I'm seeing on 247 Sports in terms of recruiting and possible commitments. Looks like Mr. Matthew Cleveland has his high on his list, and he's uh, in town today for an official visit. Yeah, Matthew Cleveland uh, has Auburn as one of his final three, and yeah, he's supposed to be arriving in Auburn tonight. Let's see, it's Miami, us, and who's the third? Uh, Missouri. Team? Missouri. Okay, I can't imagine he'd be picking Missouri over Miami or us. I, 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 you know, I don't either, but I mean, people have different visions of what they like and what they see and, you know, what they kind of fall for. And I don't, I mean, shoot, Missouri may have some NIL stuff they throw his way that Auburn doesn't match. So there's no telling. Okay. But I remember that is not supposed to be an enticement, the NIL, right? Uh, yeah, but it's not supposed to be, but it's, that's how, that's what happens. Okay. Whether it's, supposed to, whether it's supposed to be done or not, that's exactly what happens. I, I know, I know, I know. I'm not that naive. All right, then we got a, uh, to me, a rather strong, encouraging uh, comments made by a uh, number four ranked player in the state, a five-star wide receiver by the name of Mr. Camp Coleman. Apparently he has a strong bond with Mr. Marcus Davis. Guys, what are you hearing or, or reading uh, about our chances with him? Yeah, we talked a little bit about him last week with Cole Pinkston of On3. Marcus Davis had gone out to Central Phoenix City to to talk to him last week, and uh, he he certainly uh, fits that bill of this recent run of of Central Phoenix City guys that have ended up being really good wide receivers. And Auburn looks like they are definitely – I think Cole described it as Auburn, if they are not leading, they are right on the heels of leading. They're they're very heavily involved in him, and – a long way to go in his recruiting process. I believe he's still got uh, – I don't know. I think he might have two more years of high school ball left, but uh, Auburn is in a good spot with him right now. And, you know, I know you guys know because I know it, that uh, for some reason, uh, even prior probably even to uh, Harson, uh, Phoenix City was a difficult draw for us to get any commitments. Uh, am I wrong on that or on my recollection? Uh, say that again now. Uh, it seemed like we were struggling with getting top – uh, ranked uh, recruits coming from Phoenix City. They were going oh, everywhere. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, they, there were. They, Clemson had that pipeline in there with a bunch of those guys. Uh, and yeah, they, Auburn has just been missing out on some of them. And so i uh, really hoping that that pipeline back to Auburn could get opened up because, yeah, I mean, Central has great players year in and year out. They have a, they have a lot this year. Uh, and there's guys at Auburn recruiting. You know, it, it's a matter of whether Auburn can finish the deal or not. And then I see we're also apparently a final seven for a four-star offensive lineman by the name of is it Hockey Finau, or how do you pronounce that? I, I am not sure. I, I haven't seen that name. P-A-K-I-F-I-N-A-U is his last name. He's uh, from uh, Hesperia, California. He's offensive lineman, uh, and he is said his uh, final seven are um, Arizona, Arizona State, us. Penn State, UCLA, Utah, and Washington. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew anything about him or not. Don't know anything about him, but, I mean, uh, Auburn Auburn needs all the help they can get in some of these positions. And so if it's a guy that wants to come here and, and he can play at the SEC level, then let's go. Yeah, he's a four-star, uh, surprisingly. All right, uh, moving on, guys. We have a game tonight. Uh, now, I know it can't be a walk in the park. There's nothing that's a walk in the park more uh, without a baseball team. But we're playing Troy again, right? Correct. And that's Jeez. at our place. Say that again. Are they, is that here? Is it home? Is it home? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes, okay. yes, it is. Okay. And uh, um, Troy is 
on the year 28 and 13. So they have uh, played pretty good baseball. Now they're in the Sun Belt, so not as big of a conference or anything like that. But I mean, they're not. Uh, they're, they are one of the better midweek opponents here. Who's our starting pitcher for tonight? Do you know? I do not know. Okay, um, but there should be a a win. It should be, but uh, I mean. Auburn's baseball team has had its struggles, and they've had their struggles in some of these midweek games. But, I mean, Auburn is better than Troy. But, you know, Troy's one of those that is, they're not playing bad baseball. They're, they're a team that could very well be in the postseason in a regional. And Auburn is still trying to fight their way um, to make sure that they can lock up a regional bid. So, it's not – this is not a game similar to what you think of in, like, football where you're playing – you know, a, a lower tier opponent. I mean, in baseball, there you have your lower tier, but they're still pretty darn good baseball teams. So, Troy could easily come in here and win. And Auburn has not done well in the midweek games of late, losing to uh, Georgia Tech and UAB. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't remind me. Okay, um, and guys, you know anything about the reason that the softball team canceled the game next week on May the fifth? Yeah, it's uh, it's due to the the RPI or the uh, yeah I think it's the RPI. Basically, Auburn didn't want their uh, strength of record and all that to get hurt by playing a team like that. And even if they won, it would have gone down. And a couple of other SEC teams have done something similar to that because they're so close to either hosting or not hosting. They don't want their RPI anything like that to go down. So if they had been not even close to hosting, or they had been easily hosting. That might have been one thing, but since they're kind of right on that line, they don't want anything to, to hurt their RPI, even in a win. Wow. Thanks for educating me about that. I didn't know the teams were allowed to do that. Just if you didn't think the game was worthwhile. Uh, too bad we can't do that in uh, football, right, or baseball? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I'm still personally not a, not a huge fan of it. I, I think that you – scheduled Alabama State knowing that they would not end up having a good season or not be a highly ranked team, so I'm not so sure why uh, this is something that was this late in the schedule. I know Alabama State is in the in the SWAC, and so they're not going to be in, a, in a, a good conference there. But, again, I think when you put this on the schedule, I think you know that that's not going to end up being a, a marquee game. So I, I don't know, I, but it, it is something that a few teams do, uh, and and certainly teams that are kind of on the border of hosting and not hosting. That is uh, only it is it's something that only even in a, in a win, even in a big win, would would hurt your resume. Well, what about the team that gets canceled? Do they get any compensation? I don't know that. I don't know. Okay, I'm just wondering. Um, all right, moving on real quickly, guys. We may not have enough time. That's fine, but I would like to get some uh, really. Uh, uh, critical uh, thinking discussion on this uh, because it came to my attention uh, a few days ago and then again uh, last night uh, on CNN's prime time uh, Bob Costas was on there I don't know if you caught that segment or not and we were talking about NFL gambling and about the five players two of which have been suspended indefinitely and three for I think six or seven games in the upcoming season right you yeah, know I didn't see that segment but I do I am aware of that uh, that story and he was, you know, pointing out some of the uh, hypocrisy, uh, well, with uh, especially the NFL, since they now, as he said the word, they're in cahoots uh, with uh, uh, the Professional Gambling Association, but yet, of course, uh, ban uh, any of their players uh, from gambling. So it's like, you know, we want you to gamble, but you better not be you know, gambling on our time as a player. And he said this, as I 
because I think two of the players, or one of them at least, didn't even gamble on NFL teams. It was on some other sports. Uh, was I wrong or right on that? I'm not sure which sports it was. I will say this, though, uh, to get out in front. I don't think you should be able to bet on anything in your own sport, period, because you know those people. You you have either played with those guys or against those guys. That's when you start getting in danger of point shaving and all of that, and that is why that has been a hard red no for, for the leagues and suspending guys that bet on – their own their own stuff even if it's not a team their own team or anything like that does not matter you are way too close to it and if you ever start to endanger the validity of the product and you ever start to endanger um just the true contested nature of everything then you you will have major major problems and so i you know i i I have not thought too much about the gambling on other sports that you're not in, I, I, I would need to hear more thoughts from that before I form my own opinion one way or the other. But certainly on the sport that you participate in, I, I agree that that should be a hard no. You cannot do that because you get in grave danger of having outcomes that are fixed or that are tainted. Okay. Now, uh, I find interesting that you made that comment. Most of that, I think you have merit. Here's, here's the... Other side, because I, I forgot about this, but Bob Costas pointed out last night the hypocrisy of the NFL. In the 60s, remember Alex Karras? Yes. Well, okay. he, he, that was before my time, but I, I remember Alex Karras as the actor, but I know what you're yeah, talking about with a, the football time. He a football player, too. Okay? Right. Yeah. Well, he and another quarterback, I've got his name, uh, were found to have been betting on their own teams. Yeah. On their own teams to win. Well, guess what they got? They got one year suspension, and now both of these people are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. Now, I bring that up because Pete Rose found to be betting in Major League Baseball. Again, I'm bringing up the Pete Rose thing. Uh, bet never on his team to lose. Right. Right here, bet on his team at all. But he's not only been banned for life, but can't even qualify to be on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm one of those that is adamant that Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because his play on the field merits that. Um, and it's been long enough for Pete Rose. He's, he has served his punishment. I get it. You know, the gambling was what it was. It was a bad thing. The, the dude still deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that that just simply put, his, his his play on the field merits that. Well, I was just wondering, what about the two players now who have been indefinitely suspended uh, and – they didn't bet on their own teams. Um, and well, got those guys got suspended too. And, and yeah. uh, in the past, I know that they they're in the hall now. For but, one year, one year. But they and were, they, yeah, allowed and, to be on the Hall of Fame though. Uh, right. Well, and again, because you get reinstated and, and go through all that. I mean, I, guys that have, you know, baseball has made it made it this deal where anyone that's ever cheated in any way doesn't get in. But that's not always. Uh, how it works in the other sports, and also with with the betting, it's still betting is still different than alleged cheating. It's that betting can can, can lead to you know fixing outcomes and making the product disingenuous. And so r- whether that ha- I mean with all that that happened in the past, that still does not change 
how dangerous it can be, even if you're betting on your own team to win because you know all the teams or you know all the players on these teams and, and hey, man, cut me some slack. I got a bunch on this game and I'll cut you in on this and blah, 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 blah. It, it just it's, – it's a hard no – and I, I don't – I mean, maybe there's some proponents for, for letting these guys do it, but you, I would, I would strongly urge you to think about what, what kind of deals and side deals and what kind of door you could open by letting guys bet on the sport in which they participate in, yeah. even if it's for their own team to win. That is a very, very, very dangerous slippery slope. No argument there. I just, I just think, you know, there's a lot – Make consistency, you know, in applying these, you know, rules and some really, uh, I think, uh, double standards and hypocrisy. You know, I thought you know, making a sports hall of fame is because of your playing skills, not because of your morals or immorals. Right, and I agree with that. And and they do look. They they have made poor decisions in the past, but that doesn't mean you should continue to make poor decisions just because the people of the past did. You know, you, you at some point you have to grow. And you have to start figuring out what is the right decision, what are the right things to implement, why they are the right things to implement, and do them regardless on how it used to be done. Just because something used to be one way doesn't mean it should always be that way. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Uh, I didn't know this, but Bob Costa mentioned it. Maybe you guys knew There was an NBA player who was investigated by the FBI and found to have been apparently uh, having inside information and making bets on the team that he was refereeing. Did you know that, guys? Uh, with with uh, what league again? An NBA referee. Yeah, Tim Donahue. Uh, Donahue or Dim Donahue? Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, that's a, a that's a big deal for the NBA. That's the that's the worst thing that's kind of ever happened. You you get to the level where an official is betting on the games and stuff like that that they are working. That is again that is a complete destruction of the validity of what's going on on the actual playing surface. Definitely. All right, finally, guys, sports history from the History Channel. On this date in 1950, a rather, I think, long overdue um, event uh, took place. Do you have a clue what might have happened? What year was and this? No, I, I wasn't around then. 1950, April 25th, this happened in a uh, major sports uh, program. Uh. Professional. I, I'm assuming this time of year it's got to be something with baseball. Nope. No. You see, NBA. Oh, oh, well, okay, I forget. Was this Wilt Chamberlain's? No, that was not that mm-hmm. long ago. No. I don't know. Okay. I, I was not alive then either. The first All-American forward from Duquesne University, who also had to be the first African-American, was picked in the NBA draft. His name, Chuck Cooper, for the Boston Celtics. Ah, okay. Now, Apparently, according to the History Channel, this was not met with a lot of uh, applause. In fact, uh, the owner for the Celtics was highly criticized by other owners, and his response to their criticism was that he could be striped, plaid, or polka dot. All I know is a kid can play basketball, and we won him on Boston Celtics. So even though he was the first NBA selection uh, for being African-American, he was not the first NBA player to make, uh, play on the court. That was Mr. Earl Lloyd. All right. Played for the Washington Capitals. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, apparently Bob Cousy, who obviously played with the Celtics in the 50s and 60s, uh, roomed with Mr. Cooper. And uh, 
he he said the following about Mr. Cooper. He said, uh, I was a white player who hung out with him socially. We both liked jazz. So we bonded, became friends, remained so for years. But other than Cousy, apparently the other Celtics players had little to do with uh, this gentleman. Uh, so he must have put up with a lot of crap. All right, and he is in the Hall of Fame. He's uh, possibly put into the Hall of Fame in 2019. Nice. So that's what I got, guys. Thank you for listening to my rambling. And uh, with that, thank you for your time. My time is up. You guys have a safe afternoon and evening, and we'll listen to you tomorrow. And I'll do the podcast this afternoon as well. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate that phone call as always. That is Retire Ward AMC joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take another timeout when we come back. We'll get to birthdays and sports and a little more on college football again at some point today. Have to get to it pretty quickly because of the short show, but at some point today, I need to get to uh, that, that rule change that they implemented last week, which is, I, I don't think, going to be very well received by most. So, we're going to take our next time out. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Sports Call continuing on here on this Tuesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy with you here. Again, getting off air in about an hour, around 445 for Borgard High School softball. Appreciate Retire Ward AMC for calling us on the Auburn Bank phone line there. And with that, let's continue on with our show now. Let's get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union. Today, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, turned 61. Silver was born in New York and attended Duke University. He graduated in 1984 with a degree in political science and later from the University of Chicago with a doctorate. He entered the NBA world in 2004 as the chief operating officer and was named commissioner in 2014. Adam Silver turns 61 today. Darren Woodson turns 54, former safety for the Dallas Cowboys. Woodson was born in Phoenix and walked on to Arizona State. Got Sun Devils. He started as a sophomore, was an All-American as a senior. He was selected by the Cowboys in the second round of the 1992 draft and spent the entirety of his 12-year career in Dallas. Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, and three-time Super Bowl champion Darren Woodson turns 54 today. What are we kind of little saying? This un- er- I know it's something like forks or something. Forks up or something like that. Fork them. Oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what Arizona State does. I don't know. <laughs> David Fryman turns 55, former third baseman for the Tigers and Indians. Fryman grew up in Florida and led his high school to the state championship in 1986. In 87, he was drafted in the first round by the Tigers, made his MLB debut in 1990, played in the majors for 12 seasons, was a five-time All-Star, one-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and one-time Gold Glover. 
He is currently a hitting coach in the Guardians farm system. David Fryman turns 55 today. Tim Duncan turns 47, former power forward and center for the San Antonio Spurs. Duncan was born in the U.S. Virgin Islands, played college basketball at Wake Forest. Demon Deacons. Over his four <laughs> years playing for the Demon Deacons, Duncan was three-time All-ACC selection, two-time ACC Player of the Year, one-time NCAA rebounding leader, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and two-time All-American. His number 21 is retired by Wake Forest. He was taken first overall by the Spurs in 1997, where he spent his entire career in one of the best players in franchise and league history. Played 19 seasons, all with San Antonio, 15-time All-Star, 15-time All-Pro, 15-time All-Defensive Team, two-time MVP, five-time NBA Finals Champion, and three-time Finals MVP. Tim Duncan turns 47 today. And Chandler Wooten turns 24, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, formerly of the Auburn Tigers. Poor damn eagle. Wooten was born in Georgia, was an Under Armour All-American as a senior at North Cobb High School. I don't know their nickname. Played, <laughs> media, played regularly for Auburn, becoming a team captain as a senior in 2021. In 2022, he signed with the Cardinals, was later signed to the Carolina Panthers' active roster. Chandler Wooten turns 24 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Adam Silver, 61. Darren Woodson, 54. David Fryman, 55. Tim Duncan, 47. And Chandler Wooten, 24. All right, a few minutes left before we run out of time here for hour number one. So I want to talk a little college football rule change here uh, that we were not able to get to yesterday. And uh, this kind of happened on Friday as the guys were, were doing the show from Glenn Smith. And uh, this is a change that is just, to be honest, just not very popular or popular with everybody. And that is that the clock will no longer stop after getting a first down unless it is the last two minutes of each half. So I will similar to the NFL. Uh, yes. I, so well, no, the clock never stops for first down in the NFL. I uh, thought it did after no, the two minute warning. No, it does not. Oh. Yeah, you have to, have to get out of bounds. So uh I'll be dang. So but yes, much more like the NFL. Um uh, much closer I, I to I swear it. I thought the clock stopped in the two minute nope. warning. Yeah, I mean you get you get the clock to stop for the two minute warning, well, yeah. no matter where you are, and then you get it out of bounds, but no, first downs no. do not stop clocking the NFL at okay. any time. But, learn, learn something new today. Uh, learn something every day. But, well, I mean, instant reaction here uh, to this rule. Are are you bothered by it, or do uh, you think they're maybe barking up the wrong tree in terms of trying to cut game time down? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm neither nor, I guess. Um, I. It's going to shorten the game some. I mean, it's obviously it's going to make it a little more difficult with, uh, especially if you're running two minute drill and you're behind. Um, well, no, because it's going to stop in then after will, two minutes. Yes, Never mind. It will stop so, final two minutes of each half. Yeah. I I, I mean I, I yeah I mean I, I as long as they as long as they're able to stop the clock within the two minutes, I really don't see that it's that big of a deal. I think it was estimated I mean, that I'm curious to know who thinks it's a big deal and why. So, okay, I think it was estimated that it would lose you would lose about seven plays a game, right, off of the college game. And I think people are bothered by it because the the game times have gotten longer 
due to a couple of reasons. One of them is football-related, just in that there are more plays, so there are more opportunities to stop the clock, whether that be more first downs, pausing it for a little bit, whether that be more incomplete passes, whether that be more scoring. Obviously, when you score a touchdown, you got to go kick off again and this, that, and the other. Part, part of the, All of those things can contribute a minute or two here and there. But also, I think people are just agitated by just the increased ads at the end of the day. And, and people that watch the SEC know this from CBS because CBS is probably the worst about this, although everyone has gotten a little worse about this, is that there are more media timeouts than there used to be, and they are typically 30 seconds to a minute longer right. than they used to be. And that has obviously contributed to how long these games are taking as well. And obviously the networks and the league are not willing to forfeit any revenue or income from those ads, but they feel that the game is getting a little too long. So what do they do? They don't cut anything from the the revenue stream. They cut something from the game itself when I don't think anyone thinks that the actual game is too long. Right. I think people think the experience can be too long because of again the 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 just the multitude of ads that now swim through these college football games. Um, look, they will. This will cut plays out. So this will achieve. I think cutting out a few minutes of of game time. Right. But people are also split to begin with whether they actually cared that the games were getting a few minutes longer or not. Right. You know, I think everyone can can agree that more downtime in the stadium for breaks, no one's really a fan of that. But if you're out there tailgating before and after, do you really care if it's three and a half hours versus right. three hours? Like, like, that would be my question. Those people that actually attend the games, I don't think it would bother them. And, and so it's, it's kind of split to begin with if that was even a big problem. And yet, everyone, you know, the Lee SEC, you know, NCAA at large is targeting uh, ways to make the game go by quicker. The, my my thing is, uh, you know, the times I've I, I don't get a chance to go to a whole lot of games anymore, uh, but the ones that I have been to, uh, to me, feels like they're over just as quick as they started. It's like, man, that gum, we're already in the fourth quarter. It's like, where did the time go? So, I don't feel me personally. I don't feel like they drag on. Um, you know, there's there's other ways that you can shorten the game. I get it. I don't, you know, okay, you're missing out on seven plays. I maybe seven plays. I mean, yeah, there there are other ways that I think that they could have shortened the game. I don't think that that is necessarily you know a, a running clock through the game. I and I don't think is as big of a deal. Uh, I, I'm not yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Um. But there are other ways that you could shorten the game. I mean, the media timeouts are insane. Uh, mm, this one, this one kind of sticks. I'm sticking my knife in my own heart here. No, I know what you're doing with that. With halftime, halftimes are halftimes are pretty darn long. And I mean, I'm a fan of the marching bands. I, I've I've been a musician since I was 12 years old. I was I marched in Auburn's band for a year. I have instructed their band for a year. I'm, I love the marching band. I love the marching arts. I love all of that stuff. But in reality, when you're talking about trying to shorten the time frame that people are in a stadium, that's one that can get shortened because those half times are pretty darn long. So college half times are 20 minutes. 
They yeah. might bleed over in the 21 or 22 minutes if there's some, you know, the clock starts a little late or right. a little bit. But uh, 20 minutes-ish. Uh, NFL half times are 15, and and that's kind of that's kind of how it goes for professional ranks. It's uh, NBA half times for 15 minutes too. I think that before we start to you know completely change that part of it, you know I, I I'm not trying to before I look at other ways that we could we could do the commercial thing. I'm not rushing to to change the halftime experience there. Sure. Uh, and I know I'm not you're, you're sensitive to the, the band oh, yeah. part of it, too. I don't want to see that. That's part of the sport, and I know yeah. that some that's people don't pageantry. care. I know some people don't care, but I, I, I'm not rushing to try and weed that out. Well, I, it, well I, so and here's, and here's the thing, and, you know, well, and I guess we're talking about SEC changes, that, right? This is not a... No, oh, it's going to be it's going to be NCAA. Okay, this is NCAA. Okay. Um, because there's an SEC change or a rule change I had been hearing about. So, but anyway, um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I run a clock like that. Yeah, that, I'm not thinking straight. That can't just be SEC. But um, no, there's an SEC deal with fans, right? Uh, that's field. in which I'm. I've yeah. got. I've got some points on to make on that as well. Um, it, so while we think about it in the SEC. Um, you know, with marching mans and like cutting that out, and you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that don't care. There are actually some schools because, like, you know, the times that I've been to games at like Jacksonville State, and I think yeah. James Madison is the same way. And there's some of these other schools that there are people that go there strictly for their ban. They they don't they do, they could give crap less about what's happening with the football team, but by God, when that band comes on the field, they pack. They yeah. will leave the other parts of the stadium and pack in on that side to watch the marching they go for the marching band show and not uh that same thing with hbcus that the 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 bands and everything in hbcus are such an integral part of what goes on in those games i just i i think you're you're taking away you would be taking away some great opportunities for some other kids uh to be able to get out there and showcase their talents in the sake of shortening game, now, now I'm like obviously that is not happening right now, but I could definitely see that being something that rules committees look at, especially if this doesn't change the link that much. They'll go, all right, well we, let's shrink down the half times. I I don't like that idea. Yeah, I don't either. But I could see it happening. I can, uh, but I agree with you. I could see it happening. We'll see how it goes. We'll have more thoughts on it here on hour number two we are for now out of time though for hour number one again a shortened hour number two coming off getting off air about 445 as Borgard high school softball will follow us for their uh, final regular season broadcast of the year we need to take a time out we'll be back after this one hour of our show is in the books We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. 
And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy with you here this afternoon. Again, coming up at around 4.50 today, Borgard High School softball, final regular season broadcast of the year. Really excited to hear that one. Again, the area tournaments will start next week. We we want to be at both Smith Station and Borgard for those tournaments. Uh, I believe those tournaments taking place, uh, I think, in Tallahassee for Borgard and at Central Phoenix City for Smith Station, respectively. But uh, we look forward to trying to broadcast those. But again, high school sports starting to wind down just like uh, every sport yeah. uh, and collegiately or anything sub sub pro level starting to wind down here. So uh, we'll have that coming up at about 4.50. But for now, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to actually get to is the NFL draft. Um, where do you see uh, C.J. Stroud actually going in the first round on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, there's been some reports that he could uh, he could start the fall a little bit. Now, I, I don't. That's not what I would do if I was an NFL GM. If I was the Texans GM, that would still absolutely be my pick at number mm-hmm. two, but. Now I'm not so sure. There's some late money coming on Will Levis to move up the the board, and uh, I I really don't know at this point where he's going to end up. But I still hope it's second to Houston. I, I think it would be a mistake to go into the year with Davis Mills as your quarterback again. Yes, because I I think if uh, Davis Mills was going to be uh, a good fit for the Texans, I I don't know if they'll pick him off the board. I. I'm just seeing uh, will you know CJ Stroud's name being picked on um, being put on so many uh, mock drafts and uh, I mean I think uh, CJ Stroud would be a good fit for uh, the Texans as well and then with that good fit for CJ Stroud with the Texans I probably see the Texans actually making it to uh, the Super Bowl this year or maybe next year as well. Yeah, I think it'll be tough for them to make it this year because they've got a a big rebuild to to take place. And even if C.J. Stroud is pretty good as a rookie, I think he'll only get better as the years go by. So uh, I think they're looking more in the future, but obviously they need to be a lot better than they've they've been the last couple years post Deshaun Watson. Yes, because if they actually on Thursday night, um, if they do make a trade, if the Texans make a trade. I'll probably see C.J. Shaw actually go like third or fourth round to maybe like Cleveland, like the Cleveland Browns or the Minnesota Vikings, just to name those two teams that need a, a good fit for a quarterback as well. Did you see the Aaron Rodgers trade yesterday? Oh uh, yes, I actually did see that, and um, you know, a lot of people were very happy of seeing Aaron Rodgers actually uh, getting traded from Green Bay to uh, the Jets as well. So I think that's a really good fit for the Jets to actually pick up a a, a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers and actually making that team. I, I see great things coming out of the uh, New York Jets organization this year to actually make it to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, I think that uh, 
Rodgers going to the Jets should make them a playoff team at the least. Obviously, they'll have very big aspirations with him and and the draft picks they had to give up to get him. But, uh, yes, absolutely was time for that trade to happen. We knew that's where Rodgers wanted to end up. And we know that this being NFL draft week, something needed to happen sooner rather than later uh, because Mm -hmm. once the draft commences, it's going to be kind of weird to try and trade you know players that they've already picked and that sort of thing so uh that was a, a good move to get that done this week i think the, the packers are pretty happy with the the return that they've got for rogers and obviously the jets got their guy yes as well because i i really do see great things coming out of aaron Rodgers, and then once the season actually starts um i might look at aaron Rodgers in a in a new york in a new york jet uniform and when they play uh when aaron Rodgers plays his former team uh the green bay packers i know that's going to be um that's going to be like a huge huge uh upset for the for the packers nation as well yeah they'll have to go with uh, jordan love at quarterback this year and They've had a, a, a they've been blessed to have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre go back to back. So whoever the next Packers quarterback is, if it is Jordan Love or somebody else, going to be under a lot of pressure to live up to what Rodgers and Favre did. Yes, as well because I really do see Aaron Rodgers actually taking that team to the Super Bowl as well. And then once that Super Bowl uh, comes around, I'll probably see the New York uh, Jets actually play like uh, Minnesota or Dallas, just to name those two as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. we still got to see some of these rosters pan out, and we still got to see who everyone will end up drafting in the NFL draft on Thursday. What else do you have on your mind today? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at some NBA uh, play-in tournaments and seeing who's going to actually take it all the way to the NBA Finals. So I'm, I'm actually trying to narrow down to these four teams left um, well, these eight teams now, I'm actually trying to narrow it down, so it's kind of hard to decide if the Lakers are going to push uh, forward tonight and uh, seeing if Minnesota is going to push. Uh, I mean, not Minnesota, but uh, Denver, if they're going to push uh, forward tonight as well to actually uh, go into the next uh, round of the tournament as well. Yeah, Denver and Minnesota play game five tonight. Denver can eliminate the Timberwolves if they are able to win. Uh, You've got game five of the Hawks and Celtics tonight and game five of the Suns and Clippers. Again, the Celtics leading 3-1 over the Hawks and the Suns leading 3-1 over the Clippers. So all the teams on the road tonight are trying to stave off elimination. And then the Lakers getting that big win last night against Memphis. Their next game against the Grizzlies will be in Memphis tomorrow night. Yes, because I think uh, I'm looking at Boston, so I'm actually looking at a really good um, Boston team tonight um, beating the Los An- the the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm thinking this game will be um, one thirteen, no one fourteen to one thirteen. So it will be a close game, and maybe it might go into overtime tonight as well. That would be a very intense close game. We got a couple really close games last night, so hopefully that will continue. Yes, as well, because I, I really do think, uh, you know, with my uh, playing tournament bracket, I know it still looks good. So I, for the NBA Finals, I do have – I actually have um, the Los Angeles Lakers winning in Game 7 of the NBA Finals as well. Who do you have them playing in the NBA Finals? 
Um, I actually have the Lakers playing against the New York Knicks. So that will be a classic matchup because, um, believe it or not, the L.A. Lakers and the New York Knicks actually did play each other in the NBA Finals at one point in time. Yeah, uh, that would be a a big matchup, a big brand matchup too, and something that the Knicks would not have seen coming uh, with given that they were in the 4-5 matchup and Look, crazy things could happen, though. We saw Miami win again against Milwaukee. Miami one game away from eliminating the one-seeded Bucks. So you never know what's, what could happen. Yes, that's well. And then with um, my well, with my hockey team tonight, with the Dallas Stars, we're actually going to win. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll win a game. Uh, I think this is game five. Yes, game five, because we did play game four yesterday. So this is game five. So if we win game five and six, then we will take uh, the the winner or we'll take the winner in um, the L.A. Uh, Kings or the um, Edmonton the Oilers. Team. Yes, the Oilers. So we'll just take one of those teams to play. Uh, the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well, because I think if we win the Stanley Cup playoffs, this will be a really, really good moment for me to actually, you know, cheer and cry my eyes out to see my team actually win another Stanley Cup playoff as well. Yeah, that would uh, that would be great to see. I know that uh, that series is, like you said, tied at two, so it's be an intense game tonight between the Stars and the Wild, but. Uh, playoff hockey's a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of great close battles, and uh, NHL playoffs are always fun to watch this time of year. Yes, as well. And then I know um, during the break I was uh, listening to uh, something that uh, Greg Sankey was saying about the fans storming like the courts or the fields. I mean, I mean it's a great tradition, and I think that tradition should keep going as well because it's it's a very uh, strong moment for a lot of college uh, fans like myself. And once you storm like a basketball court or a, a college football field, that moment will live with you to the end of time as well. And I've, I, I think Greg Sankey should just, you know, leave that, leave that alone as well. Because I mean, that that's something that we as fans should, you know, you know, as fans from like myself and many others, I think we should keep that tradition going as well. I agree with you, James. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think that would be a very popular uh, rule change either. If the league were to or be more harsh with uh, with penalties for teams that storm fields and stuff like that, I, I again, I think that that is uh, not not the best idea and. Uh, again, just trying to suck some fun out of it and something that makes college sports a little different from professional mm-hmm. sports and that sort of thing. So I hope that that does not happen. But unfortunately, the momentum is trending in the direction that they are they are going to cook something up to try and discourage uh, universities from doing that. Yes, because I know um, the last time I was at the Iron Bowl, I think it was like last year or so, I'm thinking like 2018 or 2017, after Auburn beat Alabama, I was actually, you know, I was so happy. I was so excited to see to see us actually win the Iron Bowl, and I, I actually had tears in my eyes, and it was just so amazing for me to be on um, – 
on that field down there with a lot of fans and, you know, getting to meet the players after the game, shaking their hands and telling them great job. And it, it was, it was in a moment that I would never, ever forget as well. Absolutely. Well, James, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us today before we let you go? Um, no final thoughts for y'all today. Uh-huh. Um, maybe tomorrow. All right, well, hey, James, I've got a quick final thought for you. You know I'm a firefighter, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Change those batteries in your smoke detector, bud. We <laughs> <laughs> um, sure thing, Tom. I would, I would, uh, I would do that every year. <laughs> Absolutely, we I can we can hear them beeping, so that means you got some low batteries. We want you to be safe. Okay, all right, thanks, man. All right, bud. Well, James, we'll talk to you next time. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on. The Auburn Bank phone line. A little friendly advice there. We did hear those going off there, the yep. smoke detectors. I know that the, the temptation is just to uh, get it, just turn them off or, or try to just detach them. Yeah. Like, Take them off anything, anything to, to make them quiet. But Just uh, don't do that. Change, what, the ba- change the batteries and be safe. You before, always have your smoke detectors. Before we go in the break, Tom, yeah. uh, let's get into that. Uh, pro- I mean, not proposed, but what the league is talking about with the – potential to stop field stormings and, and some of your thoughts on it that's leave it alone um i is there a safety factor with it yes has there been an issue yeah there was one one safety issue that happened you know with an alabama player and a, you know and the tennessee fans but you know generally there has not been an issue i understand the sec's point of view of we were trying to stop this before it becomes an issue. But the thing is, they're talking about drastic steps like taking away a home game. Like after, yeah. like, you know, they already fine you. And if their second time, they fine you even more. And they're talking about if you do it a third time, they will actually take away a home game from you. And, you know, I, it, it's hard to control the crowd whenever they get excited and they're ready to rush the field. It, it's, it's hard to stop that. And I mean, how are you going to, you're not going to punish, how are you going to punish? The team and how are you going to punish the 90% of the fans that don't rush the field over the student section that rushes the field? It, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's 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 not that big of a deal. Yes, there is a safety factor. I get it. But in the big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. I think there's, there's bigger fish to fry as far as rules and things like that. Um, but it is a part of the game that it makes it – different than pro football because you never see anybody rush the field in pro football but there's something that that's part of that excitement level of college football and part of that kind of neat traditional tradition just thing that excitement it's like don't take that away I, i mean the the visuals of auburn fans rushing the field after the kick six is some of the most amazing visuals ever because of just the pure excitement and the just unadulterated need to get down there and celebrate after such an iconic play that will be, you know, people are talking about one of the greatest plays in college football history or sports history for that matter. And just the pure excitement of doing that. And now you're going to, punished potentially yeah. of taking away a home game it's like no just stop yeah just uh, leave it alone it's a part of you know fan reaction is a part of 
It's what makes the excitement it, it's of sports. What makes it so great. You know, it's I what mean, makes the college game so exciting. Yeah. The same with rushing the court during basketball. Yeah, you know, you don't see that in the NBA. I get it. But it's also it, a different level of sport, you know. It, I mean, it is. It's a different excitement level. It, it's there's a there's just a different excitement level and a different uh just deep down guttural instinct uh something with college because i it just it it just means more right see what i did there um uh this would just be, just don't i wish the sec would just back off no, that just it, leave it alone and again to be clear this would be an sec only deal so with oh. the, the the time timing change with the stopping of the clock of the first down not happening anymore that that is a ncaa wide thing this would be an sec change and is it any surprise that on the board here to try and come up with this rule and the right punishment are people involved with Alabama, Georgia, and Kentucky. Of course, Alabama and Georgia with what they've had football program-wise and Kentucky with what they've done with basketball are not exactly the type of teams that end up storming the field slash the court. And they're the ones kind of championing, championing the search for what the best – Oh. Uh, punishment would be in place here. So how uh, dare these teams get excited for beating us? What, what a what a shocker! Yet, yet you could easily go on the road because these other conferences wouldn't have it. Have it get beat by someone unranked on the road out of conference, and then they'll storm the field on you. So sure, I I just I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of it. We'll see what the if there's enough backlash to right. try and quell the 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 ideas they're cooking up with but yeah if you end up losing a home game just because you storm the field after an upset that is just that's just not great no. i don't support that let's do, go do the fines i mean find them you know yeah the schools just pay the fine off it's like whatever but i mean still you're given a punishment and that's fine you're finding them but i mean when you start like stretching that out into taking away games taking away a home mm, man you're just really fooling with something you just shouldn't really fool with right not to that extent let's go back to the auburn bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine next up on the show today daryl from auburn daryl is with us daryl how are you doing uh your equipment is working great because during that last call i was like man I gotta get my ladder out and change the uh, batteries in my smoke detector. I thought it was in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and so you saved me a trip. And as you know, uh, I'm a resident manager of a small apartment complex, and uh, I did a thorough safety inspection. And you'd be surprised how many people. This is just very off topic from sports or whatever, but you'd be surprised how many people disable their smoke alarms because the type of cooking they do. Right. They're so sensitive. And then uh, another fire Don't safety. <laughs> what, what's that little dog that's got the firefighter hat on uh, in cartoons or public service announcements? Was it a, Dalma- a Dalmatian? Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, anyway uh, another safety tip is uh, they don't cost much money if you don't live in a – well, if you do live in a resident as a – an apartment complex bring it to property management attention. If there's no access to fire uh, fire extinguishers, uh, and if you own your own home, a 12 pound fire uh, fire extinguisher only costs fifteen dollars. Okay, well, not bad at all. Anyway, you just sort of cracked me out with your old fire tip. You know, yeah. <laughs> I got here in my smoke sticker. I just <laughs> got home. You know, <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> okay, my back bedroom smoke detectors uh, chirping. I better get my batteries out. But anyway, <laughs> you're all good, man. Yeah, you're all good. No, you, you never can be too careful. You know, I've seen uh, fires start. Uh, people that are not knowledgeable will have a grease fire to throw water on it. You know, just, yeah. Maybe yeah. You, you need to do a fire safety segment about every two weeks or so. Well, I, you know, we, we might. I don't know if he'll go every two weeks, but, uh, w- yeah, we'll think about that. Well, I mean, if you're talking about Tom Brady's favorite ice cream or something, you can talk about that. Can you? Yeah, I mean, I don't. to be fair, though, I don't know Tom Brady's favorite ice cream. Mm-hmm. I know my <laughs> favorite ice cream. I don't know his. Pistachio or avocado. You something like that. stuff to talk about. Sure. <laughs> Some summer topics there. Yeah. Okay. Well, y'all guys have a great day, and uh, just be careful. You too, Daryl. Appreciate the phone call. That is Daryl from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We will have some off-topic discussion on tomorrow's show. We will. Uh, we'll have Wacky Wednesday back tomorrow. We'll have a full show tomorrow as well. Try and get a guest on to talk some NFL draft, yep. and because uh, that is coming up. And yes, we will have a Wacky Wednesday. The uh, truth is sometimes stranger than fiction series yeah. that we've done a couple, well, three or four times, honestly, at this point. And uh, so Tom will uh, lead will have the way. Some good stuff for us tomorrow. We're looking uh, forward to that. We're going to go ahead and take what will ultimately be our final commercial break of the show today. When we come back, we will have a full segment. Nightly TV Guide will conclude it. But we'll talk a little bit more uh, topics here in the sports world. Again, getting off air very soon with Borgard High School softball starting uh, with airtime right around 4.50. So stay tuned. Final segment of the Sports Call coming up after this. a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lemoy, Tom PV went through here today, closing moments of the show. Another beautiful day here. Hey, Tom, remember we had the conversation last week on like optimal temperatures? I think today, I think it was like 75, 76. This, today was very solid. optimal. Very solid. Um, now, I'm trying to figure out. So, I'm in a shorts and t shirt right now, and I'm planning on going to the baseball game tonight. I'm trying to decide. I'm like, do I need to run home and. Do I need to go home and get some long britches? Well, I can, I can, I can give you temperatures, and then, so then it'll you be down can, in the sixties. So seven eighteen is sunset. Right. In case you're wondering, seventy one at seven p.m. That's still comfortable in shorts. Sixty six at eight. Sixty four at nine. Sixty three at ten. So we'll be low to mid sixties around the end of the game. Yeah. That's tweener level. Yeah. You know that's that could go either way. I don't think you would be burning up in pants. Let me put it that way. In the sixties, yeah. Oh, maybe for the first couple innings. Well, yeah, maybe. But the other thing is, I mean, yeah, I got I got little skinny stick legs that do kind of get cold. But I think it's more upper body, so I might 
run home and like at least grab like a sweatshirt because at least if i can keep my core warm if it uh-huh. gets a little chilly my legs will be fine so i'm not so worried about my legs i'm also not the right person to ask like i I it also gets su- kind of windy up there on the top part of the deck. So see that that trends to ah. being mid sixties might be you need a little to, chilly. Yeah, I think I I think I might have to go grab a sweatshirt or uh, something with some sleeves on it. I I I think that um, I think that I am just not. I I, I just want to be warm, no. and so I I, I don't really get too overheated that doesn't really bother me but i certainly can get cold and so that's why i lean towards the hey right. make sure you're warm enough but i don't know who who am i i don't know uh so that auburn troy game coming up tonight last three midweek games of the year troy um samford and i think another jacksonville state i want to say is the last three midweek games for auburn baseball do want to update you on uh, right now going on i believe in atlanta the ambush tour has started that's where athletic director john cohen bruce pearl and hugh freeze are are all attending it's kind of like kind of like supper club i guess for different parts of the southeast there's right. like four or five different places for uh for you to go see them and so the media is getting a chance to talk to these guys, in particular Bruce Pearl right now, and uh, some clarification on Alan Flanagan, and the more you know. So Flanagan could not go pro. He could not, or let me, let me rephrase that. He could not declare again and come back. He had already declared twice, and there's a rule that if you declare a third time, you have to stay in the draft. So we were waiting for a decision that was really never able to be made and maintain his eligibility obviously he could have declared but he would have just had to stay in and so what bruce pearl says alan flanagan will do is he will graduate and weigh his options i talked a little bit about this yesterday i think this helps my case i genuinely believe alan flanagan is waiting out this portal cycle to see if there's someone starting caliber brought in to replace him like a matthew cleveland or the young man from texas tech that we're about to talk about in just a moment because I feel that if Auburn does not add someone that can replace Flanagan in the starting lineup, he'll come back because he'll have a starting role. But I think that if he is going to be on the bench and be a sixth man, seventh man, I don't think he's going to want to do that for his final year. And even, I mean, you think about going from being a projected NBA draft pick to not even starting your final year. Like, you, you have to really love not only Auburn, but all the coaches. You have to just love everything else about it because basketball-wise, for Alan Flanagan as an individual, things have not been what he or anyone around him would have wanted them to be these last couple of years. And so if it culminates in him not even starting, I do not blame that kid whatsoever for going somewhere else. And so he, I believe, is waiting to see – if there is going to be someone brought in to replace him. Now, we've talked a little bit about Matthew Cleveland, but there is also a player from Texas Tech in the form of Jalen Tyson, and of course, new Auburn assistant Corey Williams, being from Texas Tech, could end up having a role in Jalen Tyson coming over. Why is Jalen Tyson a good player? As a freshman last year, 11 points a game, 6 rebounds at 6-6, more of a guard or at least a wing guy but averaged six rebounds a game 11 points and oh yeah 48 percent from the field 
And give me more of this, please. 40% from three on three and a half attempts per. And I've said before, 35% and over from three in this portal cycle, you just signed me up right there. You you had me at hello. And so Auburn uh, still recruiting these wings. And, again, now we have, Tom, more, more clarity on Alan Flanagan. Yeah, well, at least a little more. I, I on on why he didn't do sure, what he, why sure. he didn't go one round. Yeah, um, I, I I will just go on record to say I will be surprised if Alan Flanagan is still a part of this team next year. I I just I have a feeling that he's probably going to go somewhere. I don't have any evidence or proof of that. It's just a gut feeling uh, that he's kind of seen where he's at here. Now his dad's gone to Ole Miss. I. I don't know. I, I just I don't have good gut feeling that he's going to be here. Um, you know, Auburn's hitting up this portal hard. Uh, Bruce, you know, Bruce Pearl has said. Uh, I'm just sitting here looking at what Justin Ferguson posted that uh, uh, Pearl said we're probably going to bring in at least one, probably two more. Uh, and he says I'll be surprised if we utilize all 13 of our scholarships. So, um, you know, they're still hitting the portal. I just I don't know I I'm wondering if I I don't have a good gut feeling that Flanagan is going to be a part of this going forward. Could be wrong. Yeah, but just gut feeling. But again, I think under the scenario that I'm presenting to you, that would not be the worst thing in the world. Like I'm not sure. I, like he's a value. He, he was a valuable player this year. He can be a valuable player again. But I'm saying that I, if if it's like how I perceive it to be, and he's not coming back to be a bench guy, right? Well, then inherently that means someone came in that is going to start for you, and then all of a sudden you are deeper at that position to where you can afford a loss like that. And you're already going to have a couple guys. Again, if Katie Johnson is coming back, and depending on what Chaney Johnson can do, you might already have a couple bench guys that would be able to be 8 to 9 to 10-point scorers off the bench. And so – Again, I, I'm not saying get out of here. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that if he does leave, it's because he lost the starting job. Well, yeah. And under that scenario, Auburn's going to be really excited about whoever they got in there that's going to replace him. Well, the thing is, if, if and then there's no way to tell if Auburn can if Auburn can get or Flanagan could promise that you're going to get pre-injury Allen Flanagan then heck yeah man come on let's roll because that dude was a stud before he got hurt right he has not been the same after the injury he has gotten better he has made progress he was he was dare i say hot garbage after he came back after the injury right after his injury he was not good like right like dude get off the floor you're you're bad you're you're hindering this team he has definitely made progress, but he has never been pre-injury Alan Flanagan. I don't know that he can get to that. I don't know that he's going to get back to that level. Um, you know, But I don't know. That's kind of a risk. That's part of this risk that you take as a staff on where you keep guys, convince guys to stay, tell guys, hey, maybe move on and we bring somebody in. It's a risk because I mean, you're bringing in guys that you just don't know about. Uh, you know, I said it before. You, you, you could be bringing in the next John Morant, or you could be bringing in the next Johan Traor. Who knows? You just don't know, and so that's part of the risk. You know, yeah, Flanagan could come back to Auburn and be and look just like pre-injury Allen Flanagan, or he could look like the Flanagan that's just still kind of gradually making progress. You just don't know. 
All right, let's, uh, let's get to our final moment or two of the showdown. Time for Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, we've got NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, 6 o'clock. We've got the Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders. Hurricanes lead 3-1. They can close out the Islanders at home in Raleigh tonight. Also, 7 o'clock, Wild and Stars on TBS and 8.30, Kings and Oilers on ESPN. Uh, 6 o'clock on SEC Network Plus, Troy Baseball at Auburn. Auburn needs to win this one. Can't uh, Even though Troy's not bad, can't lose midweek games like this. And then 620 Valley Sports South, Atlanta Braves, Miami Marlins. Braves trying for a second consecutive win over the Fish. One movie pick on VH1. Are we there yet? It's 6 o'clock again on VH1. And that is Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for the show today. Again, ending early. Borgard softball coming up in just a few minutes. Excited about that, Tom. Thank you for being here today. Enjoy Auburn baseball tonight. I am going to enjoy Auburn baseball up there with Plainsman Parking Lot and his crew. Yes, sir. Kind of a last-second thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go up there and watch some baseball tonight. It's a beautiful night for it. Enjoy that game, and we'll see you tomorrow. And I'll be ready for some Wacky Wednesday. Absolutely. And, of course, we always appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan the Boy. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.